Welcome to Divine Time with Melanie Bolike. Today's guest is Sandy Sweat, the Executive Director of Harrison Food Bank. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. I'm pleased to be here. Absolutely. So you and I met at Whole Foods and you were doing um, Whole Foods over the course of Christmas. The yes. thing where they allow people to um, showcase their charity. If you're, you're yeah. a nonprofit, I presume. I am. And yeah. they were being very generous and they were taking a lot of nonprofits and they were um, doing uh, donations at the cash register. And then they were uh, matching that with up to a hundred thousand dollars. And then they split all the donations between the nonprofits. So oh. I, I'm very blessed that Wonderful. they did us. Right. Good. And um, so, you know, way, way to go. Hopefully they're, they're pretty wonderful. So that's how we met. I live in, in town Portland, so I'd be a little bit more familiar with Preble Street and, and the, the workings of them. And then we also have the Good Shepherd Food Bank, which is down here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason why I wanted to have you on is because we talk all about food and wine all the time, but we don't always talk about food insecurity or the price of food, which is really driving people to the point of, you know, you know, to a, a very bad place, I guess it is. And so it's putting so, people uh, at risk, you know, yeah. the price of food and, and not only that, but the inflation, everything it has, right. has uh, really made a big difference in the way they're able to eat. And we have so many more people food insecure than we've ever had before. Right. It's increased since COVID a lot. Right. And so take me back to the beginning. How did you get involved with the Harrison Food Bank? How did you come to this? Um, it was sort of a whim. Um, I was talking, I was in a building that some, a local person was trying to raise money. And I was asking, you know, all the older people were there and, and uh, I was talking about a food bank and they said, you need to take a food bank and you need to start a food bank. And I'm like, I know nothing about a food bank. And they said, no, 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 you need to do this. You'd be great at it. And uh, I got to thinking about it for two weeks and I went, well, that would be a fun afternoon to give out food. Afternoon has turned into a seven-day-a-week job, sure. um, 12-hour days. Thing. <laughs> We're, yeah. I mean, we we now own a 10,000-square-foot building with a community center and a food bank downstairs. We've got two big box trucks on the road four days a week. Yeah. I mean, it's turned into a big business. We have um, over 40 uh, volunteers, and they're there many of them four days a week right so i mean we get calls from caseworkers doctor's offices uh you know all the time giving us referrals and saying you know that these people and especially emergencies you know we're we're open seven days a week for emergencies we've always got food always got balanced diets for them you know um so that they can get meat vegetables fruit dairy um and that's very important you know for growing children we're finding more and more food insecure children than ever before. I know I'm, I am presently working on getting another school under my 501c3 because these kids come and they, they don't have snacks, you know, and they go home and they try to do backpack programs, but that's only as good as, as a backpack. You know, what can you really put? Can you put food for a family in a backpack? No. And it's also putting that child at risk for, for, you know, being, you know, feeling, um, being different. 
being different. Let's put it that way. You know, like, oh, the school is Reiki school. You know, that's very humiliating for a child. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. So what we've worked out with these schools is if they know that their family is food insecure, they call the family, get permission to give the me the the information mm-hmm. i in turn um do deliveries because most of the i'm going to say 99 percent of people that are food insecure also have no transportation right it's a fact you right. know if they can't afford food they can't afford a car sure. if they have a car it needs repairing or it needs gas you know i mean it's it, it's a big circle it is yeah and we have i'm finding and because I, I service rural Maine, I have 63 towns that I service out here. And I'm finding there is low income mm-hmm. and this high income. The middle? Gone. We don't have middle so? income anymore. You think so? Yeah, I see it out okay. here in rural Maine. I mean, we're different than the city because we you got to remember, we don't have services on every street corner. We don't have public transportation. We, yeah. um, you know, these people, they drive up to an hour to come to me. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. There are other food pantries, small pan- food pantries, but the problem is they, they're small. They, right. they don't have trucks. They don't move food like we do. I'm right. moving anywhere from the, the lowest amount I would move every week is 25,000 pounds, right. um, up to 40,000 pounds. That's right. a lot of food. Okay, so and, talk to me about where the food comes from. Where are you getting this? Yeah, from? Um, I do twenty nine stops. I mm-hmm. I'm partnered with um with uh, with Cus Good Shepherd, and that allows me to move into Hannaford's, Shaw's, um, Sam's Club, Walmart's, mm-hmm. and then I have my own connections with um, the main fisheries, Tyson mm-hmm. um, oh, Foods, nice. um, Whole Foods. I also pick up from places like Little Caesars, you know, a little, a lot of like that. I have a lot of farms that have access that I pick up from. They also have farms to tables program through Good right. Shepherd, sure. and they actually get paid for what they donate to me. Mm-hmm. And I, during the summer, I, I drive every single week to Freiburg and pick up from Western Farm. Very mm-hmm. wonderful gentleman that owns that, and right. he has provided many many pounds of fresh vegetables for us so um always helps us with thanksgiving on his own and you know i i have a lot of partnerships and networking that i have done it's white i started the end of 2016 i was the founder and like i said it's it's growing it's grown to i started with 16 families Mm -hmm. and we are now um thanksgiving we hit the scale at 900 families wow. where 245 deliveries we're making okay. uh it's big business right so but it's it's a not-for-profit right it's it's a five non-profit so yeah so by business i mean organization that's yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. so you built yeah. this from the ground up and this was just you i mean i'm sure you up. Who help you and so yeah. so you saw a need because you saw people who were food insecure and you said okay let's put some food and you organize this and then this is right. sort of grown right. But it's also grown because the price of food has gone up. We're paying eight dollars for a loaf of bread, which is crazy. I mean, if it's if it's bread that's made at Hannaford, it's six to eight dollars. And that's so right. the electric, 
Electric's a big problem. I have a lot of people that they had their electricity doubled. Yeah, they've had it shut off this summer and they still don't have it on. They're right. getting by without electricity. How can you get by without electricity? It's really crazy. They do. So I, I have really families like with children in cars. It's crazy. It's really horrible. And so, so, and, and you, you see it probably more in rural because in Portland, it's like that. It's like the have and the have nots here. You know what I mean? And, and our gap since COVID. So what happened during COVID, I've always lived in the city is we had a, we had a shelter that closed in the middle of COVID when we were all in lockdown. And all of a sudden these people were just displaced. There was like a hundred of them and they all migrated to the park and they all had this party in the park for a couple of months until COVID was over and then they kicked them out. And that population of what would have been a hundred people around that time is now escalated to the thousands I believe we're in now, right. which is very sad. Um, we have Good Shepherd here who's able to go and um, feed them which is amazing. That all happened during COVID. And I do believe uh, there was a van that they got from Yankee Ford. Yeah, mm -hmm. big shout out to Yankee Ford for being, um, I don't think they gave them the van, but they gave it to them. Well, Wayside Food Program does an awful lot to feed. Yep. They yep. they have a huge program that feeds a lot of people. Right. Um, the, a soup kitchen also has uh, quite a bit. Uh, St. Um, oh, I'm having a problem um, up there on Congress Street. Yep, I know. St. Vincent's. St. Vincent's. St. Vincent's, yep. Yes. And there's they're, also they're there's a Baptist people. church over they there. They do a lot. That does you a know, drop too. And I so, mean, we're all working together. That's the thing. We're right. all and that's great. working on the same thing to end food insecurity. Right. And so so how? what is your process? Explain that to me. Um. Well, I get I get the food. I, a caseworker's... Um, call me, doctor's office call me, schools call me, well, people right. call on their own. Right. Um, every Tuesday we're open to a 12 to 6 mm -hmm. and it's a drive-through model um, because we have so many. We can put through a hundred, even a little over a hundred an hour. So we can put some people through. We and have Tuesday from 12 to 6 people drive up in a car and they get a bag. Is that uh, No, they get two rounded over banana boxes. There is okay. going to be dairy that's that's what makes us a little different than a lot of people because they're going to get meat fresh produce canned goods um bread a dessert dairy products um what else am i missing i mean there's a lot you know we right. give about i've always really worked very hard to get balanced meals for families sure. you're not giving them processed not just food supplements home. It's full of that's, or something like that. That's yeah. the difference because right. I have the trucks and I can get it right. and I can get it out in a timely fashion, you know? Mm -hmm. So that makes me a little different, you know? Um, we're very fortunate. We, we've just got, uh, Hannaford has given us 50,000. The Department of Agriculture has given us money. We, we raised um, money to buy a brand new delivery truck and I'm, I'm actually going to Atlanta uh, this week to pick it up. Nice. Um, um, through Good Shepherd, they had um, um, they're part of Feed America, and Feed America has donated. I was actually on the Today Show with them a couple times, but um, nice. they um, they donated money to buy a brand new Freightliner, and I've got that on order a twenty twenty five Freightliner mm -hmm. to replace our aging um, old truck International. So um, you know, we all work together, mm -hmm. and I I write grants so that how I finance it. Um, I write grants and I do a lot of networking for donations. Right. You know, and so I, are you I familiar with um, um, 
what's the charity? Justin Alphonse is the he run he ran the charity or started the charity. Um, good uh, full plates, full potential. Are you familiar with them? The what? Full plates, full potential. No, never heard of them. So they're a charity run by Justin Alphonse. I have a friend who raises money for them. So he raises mm -hmm. money by hosting concerts and he gives the money to them. And I've done charity. I can events. write that down. Hold well, on. yeah, full plates, full potential. So the idea is it, it focuses on, on food insecurity too, but I'm not sure where in Maine and maybe it's from here north and okay. not here west like you are, but there's certainly people you should connect with um, because they're doing a lot of really, really good work. Um, I find that, you know, my son goes to Reiki school, right? And and they get, you know, the kids are constantly fed. There's food always there. And I think that that's through full plate, full potential, where the schools right. are just getting berries and, and crackers and snacks. Yep. So when Luke well, goes I'm to doing. school at Reiki, Reiki school, we love Reiki school. When he goes there, he, get, you know, there's breakfast there, even though he's already eaten breakfast at home, but some kids don't. Right. And right. then when it's lunchtime, they can have free lunch, but it's not this big whoop-de-doo like your parents have to show their pay slips or anything like that. They just, they send you a piece of paper saying, hey, do you want them to have free lunch or not? And that's it. Then they have lunch and then there's snack in the afternoon. So they're constantly fed through the day. But when COVID happened and the schools were closed down here in Portland, I believe it was Cheval. It was one of the low, Cheval and someone else actually put together lunches because there's yes. so many people. They did out here. Right. But you got to remember. Yeah. That's only as good. They had free lunch sites. That's only as good if the parents have transportation and right. get right. So you're that's in a the problem, there. right? And a lot of the people that I'm talking about that are my patrons, they don't have transportation. Period. So unless around. it's in a town, you know, I mean, we're not city. I mean, by town we have over a little over five thousand in Norway, right? Um, South Paris. Those are towns. Sure. Well, if you, if you don't live in the town center, right. then your children go without. And, right. you know, what about weekends? Right. You know, you can give children plenty of food, um, you know, during the week. But right. well, what are um, they going to eat for the weekend? What are they going to do on the weekends? You know, right. those are my concerns. And that right. that's where I come in. Do you deliver yeah. to them? Is that what I, that's what I'm trying to get? I to deliver. Do you have your drop off, your pickup for the people who can drive, who come on Tuesdays? Yep. Six. Correct. And then Correct. you deliver to the other families and you have a yes. list of families on your list. And I have I have like 24 drivers uh, from the community that okay. come in and deliver to neighborhoods. Um, right. And then whatever um, they can't do goes on our minivan. Now, our minivan is uh, was a donation from a, a summer camp um, that was a laundry van and they got a new right. one. And. It's a 2005 minivan that needs replacing, and that's right. what and that's what we've been trying to do. And I, we've got it together, and we've just bought one, a brand new um it, truck, okay, and twelve foot yeah. box on it that will be refrigerated, and we can put a lot of food in there. Right. And so and then do you go. Do you go on a daily basis? Or do you go twice a week, or how do you? No, once a week, yeah. Tuesdays. Okay. Tuesdays. Go yeah. out Tuesdays. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then these people. So um, do you have people reaching out to you individually or is it mostly being through advocates? Um, they're ind individuals, but um, yeah. already this just today, I've had three caseworkers calling me. Right. You know, I mean, it's a problem. It is. You know, we we're really hard hit. I've always, always told people that there's the country mouse and the city mouse and they're two different people, you know, out here. A lot of people, I mean, unless they're in a town, 
the you know an organized town like mom say in Norway, South Paris, you know, someplace, uh, you know, a Bridgeton, they're spread out and they're living not in apartments, they're living in their own houses, they're trying to. They're trying to heat them. They're trying to put electric in them. And, you know, we've also got, we cannot forget that Maine is one of the highest per capita of senior citizens. We got a lot of seniors and they're living on a thousand dollars a month and and some less, you know, it's a problem. They can't, they can't maintain a car. They really can't maintain a house anymore. There's no place for them to go. We have a, horrible housing shortage as you do in the city right you know there's no place for these people to go so they are forced into living where they are right you know and you were saying to me when we first met that you have people who or two parents are both working and they're still coming to first you. time you i've know, ever seen that you're not means-based you're like hey if you need help we have the help and that's what right. we do right? right and right and so that's kind of the sad state of affairs where we are is that right. people are being pushed under the poverty line. I mean, I think that's, the state of Maine has always been that way. It's always been the have and the, you know, it's always been the rich and the poor, you know, that type of thing. Like the rich will always get rich and the poor will always get poor type of thing. But I think the disparity because of inflation and the price of things. Right. It's you know, worse. There's no right doubt. Worse. It's much worse right now. Right. And I'm I'm seeing it every, every day. And right. people also, you know, I want to point out a lot of these seniors they don't get food stamps. They don't no, get know. them. And my mother, my mother doesn't. Yeah, I know. My, not to say that she'd need them, but you know, like my mother is a senior and she lives in a 65 plus community. And, mm-hmm. and, and the worst part is, is when they ask for stuff like that, they treat them horribly. And so, right. which is right. very so they, unfortunate because that's what it's They don't go for. to DHS because they're too proud. And right, they always say, and I bring food and they go, now, if someone needs it worse than me, I know this, no, but people are all, all the children, make sure the children, people with children get what they need. You know, that that's the way it is. And, you know, going back to the, the two people working in the family, I mean, these were middle-class families right. mm-hmm. and now they can't afford it. You know, and there's a number of factors, not only the electric of that, but there's also... I mean, I've had a lady go and say, listen, my children, you know, they're big into sports. They love sports. Well, now you have to pay and you have to to take your kids. And she said, I I just can't break my kid's heart and say you can't play sports anymore. So she said, you know, I'm at the food pantry, you know, and, you know, people that that, you know, have money and, and don't even think of this. They they don't even understand what these people are going through. I had a man that. Um, he had a bunch of Christmas trees and he brought them to me and I said, you have no idea, right. you know, these three Christmas trees. I yeah. mean, I had people crying saying, I'm sure a $50 Christmas tree, Absolutely. you know, like yeah. you have no idea of what this means to my kids. Right. Exactly. You know, wonderful. Things um, that we take for granted. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, we have to count our blessings every single day. I tell my children that. Yeah. So yeah. Are you getting any state or federal funding? Um, federal. Well, the fu- the federal funding I just finished. I actually I just closed it. Okay. It was a congressional um directed funding through yep. Susan Collins. Um, yep. I got it, and that was to renovate the building. I started okay, out in a. I started out um renting this building from the VFW. It was an old cement block building. Um, they donated it to me in 2019. Mm-hmm. I got my first HUD grant. I added on to it. 
I've had the Agnes Lindsay grant, the another edition. Um, I've had another HUD grant that's put in fire suppression system. And then I got a very big grant from the congressional directed funding to the state of Maine. Um, and that finished it. Um, it, that now is a 10,000 square foot building with a very nice food bank downstairs. It's all been renovated, cleaned, you know, all handicapped accessible, right. um, big walk-ins, um, like our walk-in refrigerator is 16 by 24. Uh, you know, we, we're outfitted upstairs. We've developed a community center that's going to be for classes, public meetings, um, health screenings. We've, we've, you know, got two hospitals we partnered with. Wonderful. We're going to have a lot of programs there for, you know, say for diabetics, for a dietitian to go and help them, uh, you know, um, respiratory therapy, helping, you know, them. Uh, so a lot of free community concepts. And have going in. kids who can't afford to go to the dentist. Exactly. We've if you're got, on main care, there's only a certain amount of dentists that actually take main care, but they're in the can, cities and they're not in the country. You know what we did? We partnered with Mainly Teeth. I don't know nice. if you know Amber that owns Mainly Teeth, but um, we're she she's a dentist that has a um, a mobile um, dental in a trailer. Right. And she we're going to get her to come and and do teeth. So right. even though a lot of these kids have uh, main care try to find a dentist that will cover oh, it and, and then there's a waiting list there's an there's a year waiting list for me yeah. yeah so i know that the state of maine got a lot of covid money um i know that when that whole thing was happening there was a lot of covid money that came down but do you get anything through that or no i didn't get any covid money from from the state i did however get it from people like um southern maine you know they were given and they had to yeah. give they had to give it out and I did get thing. I did get uh, from organizations um, right. their COVID money that they had to give out. Right. I see what you mean. Yeah. And so you actively have donors, I presume. I mean, are you doing? You're a one woman show. You're doing everything. You're doing fundraising, media, marketing, uh, everything, I'm, right? Yeah, the one man show here right yeah. now. Um, yeah. You know, I've got a great board, but I'm the one that I'm. I have a background of grant writing for cities, and great. so I. I do grants. I also have a big network of, of donors that I keep in contact with. And, sure. and uh, you know, I, I depend on them. They're wonderful. They're generous. And I can't, I can't thank them enough. I'm just, I am very humbled at what I started and that people have believed in me Absolutely. and helped me. Yeah. And that is shocking and humbling at the same time. Sure. You know, uh, know generally, there's a lot of people that care. Yeah, well, that, it's just great. I don't know if you've ever seen this show. It's called Called the Midwife. Have you ever seen Called the Midwife? Yes, yes. yes it's a great show. But it reminds yeah. me of that because it's like something we've lost in our culture nowadays. It's a sense of yeah. community. Everybody's so stuck on their phones that forget to put their phone down and look around and see what's going on. And yeah. so you're really bringing together in, in, you know, Western Maine, this sense of community, which is wonderful. Um, yeah. You know, hats off to you. Well done. And that that's what I'm all about sense of community and Absolutely. and you know everybody it's, it's not just me to thank i've just all these volunteers all your volunteers all my donors that are so generous you right. know and they just look around and say hey you know i'm so happy to be what a part of it right and and it, it's shocking how many people i have that come up there and they have such a good time right. i mean i've got this one man for instance um uh one of the 
people that I was connected with, with Tyson Foods, he mentioned to his brother, that lives in green. Um, hey, you ought to go up there and check them out. They're amazing. You know what they're doing. And so he, he did just that. Well, he's there two and three days a week now. He drives from green. He's a retired um, Honeywell person. And so he's in charge of my compressors and oh, nice. keeping, making sure they're clean and oh, everything. Nice. I mean, that's what it takes. It takes a community. It does. It and, takes a village. Yes. And if I started that, uh, hallelujah. I mean, Absolutely. everybody is helping. You know, so everybody. I'm going to ask you this question. I ask all of my guests, what do yep. you love? What do I love? I, I think I love my life right now. I'm working really hard. I mean, harder than I've ever worked in my life. And trust me, I have eight children and I homeschool kids oh, wow. and wow. I, I'm working harder than I've ever worked, but I love every minute of it because I know that everything I'm doing is, is helping somebody right to me. Um, that is when I die, I want someone to say Sandy sweat did a good job. I think you did. Great job. <laughs> so tell me about your song. My my song? You get to pick a song. That's part of the, the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> my sweet name. Oh, um, your, your sweet name. And it was written. My by husband me. wrote it. There you go. And it, it talks about all over the state and Freiburg in the fall and, and Denmark to Peru. We can go right here within the state. And it. um it's uh on YouTube. Oh good. And, uh, actually. He's re-recording it right now and, and then just going to really put it out there, uh, making it even better. That was the first recording he did of it. And there's a wonderful video that uh, Lou Dobbs um, from, uh, oh, forgive me if I get it wrong. I think it's Bar Harbor, but I'm not sure. It, he put it put it together. He does a lot for the state. Right. Um, and what's your husband's yeah. name? It's my sweet maid. My husband's name is Terry Sweat. Terry and, Sweat. Uh, okay. He is a honeydew and he is out in the truck now. He drives our truck trucks all the time. And, yep. and uh, he just okay. called me because he's got some building material and he's going to finish some brand new shelves in there for me. Okay. And yeah, he's he, Mr. Honeydew. <laughs> honeydew, I love it. And so yeah. one more time, tell everybody how they can reach out to your organization if they want to check it out or donate. Well, it's uh, very easy. I, I've got a, um, a Facebook that's very active. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Harrison Food Bank of Harrison, yep. Maine. Mm -hmm. And I've got a website, harrisonfoodbank.com. Um, .com, perfect. Um, yeah, I can always be reached. I've got my, my telephone number is um, public, you know, uh, which is 207-647-3384. And my email is harrisonfoodbank at gmail.com. Perfect. It's been a pleasure. And uh, so I, I welcome tours. Yeah. I, I, as you see, I'm not a loss for words. Yeah, that's I'm okay. very committed to what I'm, I'm doing. You're doing an amazing job. And thank you very and, much for coming. I appreciate it. And I thank you for having me. Yay. Have a wonderful <laughs> day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Where the pines hold up the northern sky It's the home of the chickadee And the rocky coast, old and strong Is holding back the sea She sits northeast and most of the lower 48 And back
back in March of 1820. She became a state, my sweet maid. You kind of made me who 